Welcome to the family in Car Selling Secrets. With Doug Sprinthal. Andy Brant Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. I always sing that every week. I know. You know that? <laughs> uh, we, are you going to start it off? No, I thought we were going to do a commercial first. That's yeah, we'll saying. go to Bradshaw and Bryant. We'll come back with Car Selling Secrets. Well, that's what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. let's do Why that. Why do you want to take second place to Michael Bryant? Explain it to me. He gets a whole hour. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Never mind. All right, we'll be right back with Car Selling Secrets and the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. You know, if we change the name of the podcast, I'm going to have to redo yeah. the jingle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's kind of funny because I thought we'd be telling all these car insider secrets, but it's really turned into more stories that are tangentially related yep. to the car business, which is fun. We uh, do not have a special guest I had a woman uh, slated to come in who's a friend of mine who's worked for Mazda for a long time. But in the corporate world, you have to get uh, clearance from the PR department. So I had to send them kind of a three-page synopsis of what we were going to talk about. We have no idea what we're going to talk about, but I couldn't tell them that. So we're waiting to hear back. I think Kathy will be <laughs> on next nice. week. Well, I'm, I'm just going to lie to him. That's right. Well, it, so it'll be terrific. pretty much what it is. That's really nice, Doug. Got some news items to go over, but if you have any questions, comments, criticisms, or great stories, this, the talk and text line is always open, 612-295-1526. Very good. Yeah. I like, I like it. I know. So I want to start out with a congratulations, a uh, young man who's uh, where the only place he's ever sold cars is at the Mazda store in Burnsville. Alex Mihoff sent set a company all-time sales record last month. Hmm. Alex says, I think he's probably 24 now. I interviewed him a couple of years ago, and I was trying to figure out what brought people into the car business because mm-hmm. nobody does it on purpose. And he said, yeah, the only other job that I had in my life is I worked at Chili's for a day as a dishwasher, and I quit. So <laughs> guess how many yeah, cars Alex sold that. last month? Two. Uh, more than that. I would say... <laughs> I more than that. Now, the average salesperson in the U.S., this statistic's been the same forever, really? sells 10 cars a month. Really? Okay. Uh, I would say 73. Wow. It was 32. 70, actually. 70? Yep. Oh, I was three what off? you know? You cheated. <laughs> no, so, I didn't. You know, it's, you it's hard to yourself? put that into scope unless you've sold cars for a living before. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Yeah. And here's the other thing under the Walzer system. Not only did he sell them, but he did all the financing, too. He did? Yeah. So because we do that whole one-person thing. He does work a lot. Oh, I was going to say, he must work a lot of hours. But he makes more than his boss and me probably put together at a 70-car month that actually he did pretty well. I would imagine. And on top of that, you know, the the manufacturers uh, grade dealers and employees on customer satisfaction scales. And that's part of his uh, bonus uh, setup and his compensation plan. And he's got sells 70 cars a month, does all the financing, and he's got great CSI scores. Mm-hmm. I was talking to uh, our marketing director today. He said, you know, 
when I see people around the, con- the company do different things, I'm like, yeah, I used to do that. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, that looks, you know, I was a GM. I did this and that and the other thing. I don't think I could sell 70 cars in a month. I don't, I just, it, it blows me away. Now, Kevin Don, who's been on the show before, yep. Yep. averages about uh, 500 cars a year. So that's roughly 40 a month, which is just an, an atomic number. And Kevin's had 50 and 60 car months as well. But Alex, and this is at a Mazda store, and Mazda is, a really strong brand in the Twin Cities, but it's not known to be a high-volume uh, deal. He sold half of the new cars that were sold in the store last month, and the other 11 people sold the, uh, sold the rest. So where did he grow up? He's a local guy. I think I'm going to have him on the podcast sometime. He's kind of a, he's kind of a kook. He's actually really funny. Oh, but he is? Was, yeah. He's 24? Yeah. Because I guarantee if he'd grown up in North Minneapolis, he would have had a nickname. Yeah. No doubt about it. <laughs> he probably had that nickname he no matter did anyway. where yeah, he grew he probably up. probably did. We won't say what it is. Oh, but, I think any boy knows. Uh, yes, it's pretty much true. But in any, moving forward, but yeah, you uh, any any name like that, North High School, you, good luck it, it to you. It doesn't matter. what, uh, As long as you made it into puberty, you were going to get picked on with a name like that. Well, but. that's that's but he's laughing. Alex is laughing all the way to the bank now. So he's twenty four. Yeah. How did he get so good so quickly? You know, it's it's a really good question uh, because I think <laughs> I think he was good right out of the shoot. If I remember, um, but I've had I've had some really high performing salespeople work for me in the past, and the thing that really sets them apart from everybody else is most people that sell something for a living, whether it's radio advertising or cars or or whatever it is. Of that, you know, a, a larger ticket item. If you're selling paper clips, it's a different thing. But I think when they sell something, they're a little surprised and they feel kind of good about it. People like Alex are just shocked when they don't sell something. They just yeah. assume yeah, that, that, well, there's a woman here. She needs a car. I'm here. We have cars. So th- this won't take long. Let's pick one out and get the paperwork going. And it's, uh, he had to sell seven on the last day of the month to hit his goal. Uh, and so he sold seven cars in one day. In one day. Yep. So did he? Does, does Andrew know and did Paul know that he was like taking cash to give to the people to buy the car? <laughs> I mean, what the hell is he doing? That's amazing. Well, we'll have to get him in and we can talk to him, and it'd be pretty interesting to hear him tell the story because I, I, you know, be, it'd be interesting to see what he thinks is special. But when we talked to Kevin, he was just. You know, we kind of asked him the same questions, and he, he was the right. top salesperson in the company for years and still is right up there in the top three. Um, and he he just works hard and realizes that it's a great opportunity. And, they, you know, people like that, they don't complain. They just show up and do their jobs and treat people well, and it's uh, it all falls into place from there. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's almost a car an hour. I mean, if you work well, an eight-hour day. Yeah, I suppose it is. He works. I'm sure he works probably ten or eleven. You know, the, we have two different uh, compensation plans for salespeople. Oh, yeah, okay. The right. Regular ones are hourly uh, employees, and they work forty-ish hours a, a week. And then the account executives are paid a flat rate per car. So you know, their their income potential is well, it's not completely unlimited, but it's it's close to it. If you if they want to put in the extra hours and they or have that ability to sell at that level, they continue to get paid. So That's very cool. So uh, let me ask you a question about this. So the, 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 all the pressure from you know certain parties, or political parties and all the rest of it, um, to not drive anymore. Do you ever see a time when Americans are not going to be driving cars? Really interesting you brought that up because I was, you know, when I knew that our guest wasn't going to make it in, I said, you know, I can't wing it for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, better, I better do a little bit of show prep. So a um, couple of things that I think are interesting. In the 2020 Olympics, which are in Japan in a couple of years, Toyota is going to try out a fleet of autonomous vehicles. They've got, they're promising oh, they to have okay. 4,000 vehicles there, and they're going to be 20-passenger buses to haul out all the athletes around from the complex, sure. whatever they call yep. it, to the stadium. Now, that's yep. a pretty quick timeline because Toyota's just recently got into it. On the other side of it, They've been uh, doing a lot of surveys of passengers of autonomous vehicles, mm-hmm. and the results are not great. Really? Yeah, people hate them. 
Uh, the ride's really jerky. It's a lot too of people early. get seasick, and but it isn't. You're oh, yeah, right. That makes it's sense, an, you know because they'll stop and start and jerk, and sometimes yep. they'll yeah, drop them half a mile away from where they're supposed to be. Um, but this is you know it's a it's a technology that's in its infancy. So yeah, um, they shouldn't have released them yet. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I I don't know how do you how do you figure out how to make it work if you don't try it out? But I. I and they are under pretty tightly con- controlled circumstances. I think it'll be, I know I won't live long enough, uh, but to have autonomous vehicles that can work in Minnesota in February in the oh eight-inch snowstorm. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. I don't know. So. Well, I guess I don't have much of a chance then, do I? Well, I don't know. You're, you're, younger you're a pretty healthy guy. Well, that's true. Not but, mentally, uh, but. I, I read an interview with the CEO of Ford, and he's embracing autonomous vehicles. He says, you know, if this really happens, these things are going to run 24-7, and they're going to wear out every three or four years, so we'll just we'll be the ones that will replace them. Because the average age of the car on the road in America right now, or the United States, more properly, is, I think, 12 and a half years. That's oh, okay. So basically what they're going to do to, like I have a 2013 Mustang 5.0. I don't drive it very much. But I assume in the future, if I held on to that car another 10, 15 years, they would probably tax me to death on that car. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that's all going to work because it is going to be an issue. And when we get uh, the Speaker of the House in in a couple of weeks, I want to ask him about this. That's right. Ryan Winkler's coming in. Yep. Um, As cars get more efficient and burn less gas and our population in this country is relatively stagnant it doesn't you know we're not our population isn't growing and almost in every state and federally the roads are paid for with gas tax as cars get more fuel efficient and we switch to electronic vehicles they're going to have to change the the tax structure they won't have any money to fix the roads that's exactly right they're going to yeah well how are they going to do that well and and i'm sure it's going to go over really well with the population yeah Uh uh-huh one state I read about, and I, it's out west, I think it's Wyoming, are trying to get uh, people to uh, to tell the government how many miles per year out, or month they're driving. And, of course, everybody's up in arms about that because yeah. it's an invasion of privacy. But I don't know. It's uh, Things are changing, and it's, it's hard to say where it's going to stop. Yeah, I drive about 250 miles a month. That's not very much. No, it isn't. But you should yeah, get out but more. 3,000 3, miles a year is what I drive. Yeah, but I would say uh, I, on average, don't drive much more than about 10 miles in one day. I just don't. See, you would probably be a good Uber candidate. As little as you drive, you would oh, probably really? save you money. If Uber is going to be around, we'll talk about that in a little bit, too. What do you mean? They're worth billions, I heard. Um... Well, they're losing billions. Yeah, they're losing billions. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, well, we can get into it now. This will take a little bit of time, but they uh, Uber and Lyft are at an all-time low uh, this week. Are they really? I didn't know that. Hmm. Uber's IPO was forty-five dollars on Tuesday. They were trading at thirty bucks a share. Wow. Lyft was at eighty, and now they're at forty-five. And the other, the you know, they're both losing a lot of money, and they're in a huge price war with each other. It's. As a rider, the rides get keep getting cheaper and cheaper, yeah. but they're paying the drivers less and less, so there's a driver revolt as well. Lyft is particularly in this market is really going after the driver, cutting into the driver's income. So mm-hmm. a lot of the most ride sharing is what they used to call it. Yeah. Uh, drivers yeah. drive for both. So they'll flip back and forth and see you know which app is paying more because it changes by the minute. And a lot of people in the Twin Cities market are just turning Uber off right now. It's, I don't know, I, I'm conflicted about it because I think part of it is a great, as a, as a consumer, it's a great model because it works the same everywhere. You just turn your phone on and right. ask for a car and it tells you where you're, you're going to go and how much money it is. But as a company, I, I don't know, I think they've got to figure this out because, you know, Uber lost $5 billion last quarter. Wow. Wow. It took uh, Amazon. You know, Amazon didn't make money for six or seven years, but right, they, they weren't right. burning through cash at $5 billion a quarter. No. How was it costing them that much? I don't get I, I don't understand either. They, You know, the CEO said that some of it had to do with one, one-time compensation costs, mm. which means some people got paid at the top of the company. Yeah. The other thing that will be interesting 
and as a stock market guy, this is where I always – I'm a contrarian. And when things seem too cheap, I always jump in. Right. And I've done really well on a couple of cases, and I've got totally smoked a few times too. But when a stock IPOs, there's a lockout period for the initial investors. In other words, they can't sell yes. their stock for six months. Right. And right. with Uber, I think it comes up about your birthday. It's the first week in November. So if they can, if it continues to perform this way and it looks grim, it you know that the employees might be going, okay, I got this nice bonus. I'm cashing in before it's worth nothing. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. No, I suppose that's probably true. So if you if you're a contrarian and you want to play the stock market, here are some great stock tips. Don't listen to a used car salesman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just don't see how they can be losing that much money. How is it even? They don't have any investment in machinery or. Well, or, actually, they do. They're they're investing. Uber is investing heavily in autonomous vehicles. Oh, are they now? Yep. Oh, I didn't know. And they're no spending a lot of money. So, then. Okay. You know, that's an expense. Also. When they go into a new market, although that's fairly mature, they have to fight, you know, city boards, commissions, all these sort of planning things. Yep. Uh, the drivers in California are trying to organize similar to what happened in uh, New York, and Uber and Lyft got together, and they pooled like ninety million dollars to fight organization because the drivers are—they're not even contractors, really. They're no, right. they're not employees, and they're making less than minimum wage after all their expenses. So it's it's really an interesting thing because as a user, I, I thought it was a great experience. But you know, part of the problem is they're too cheap. Yeah, they, they still are. think yeah. that, you know, they need to be 40% less than a taxi. I, Why? You pay the same or more. Absolutely. Well, what happened to that surge pricing thing? That pissed a lot of people off. It I did, and they've changed it yeah. a little bit, but it still exists. You know, it does it. Um, yep. That's a bad idea. Yeah, I never, you know, it's supply and demand at its best and its worst. Yeah, well, that's um, true, yeah. But what's what's really pissing the drivers off is when they have surge pricing, the drivers don't always get it. What? <laughs> yeah. It's There's a lot going on here. All right, we've got to take a break, and then we'll come back. And I, okay. I, we'll, we'll pick it right up there again. Excellent. This is fascinating. I know it is. We don't need no stinking guests. I mean, for you, it's fascinating. <laughs> we'll be right back with the family. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me too? No. <laughs> God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't like <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. No way I can get my voice that out. See, I can't do it. Those guys are great. Talk oh, about keeping them. it simple. Yeah, it's true. They just kept it very simple. There was a uh, in a famous interview um, 
where the, some writer accused him of releasing nine of the exact same records. <laughs> and they said, I beg your pardon, it's actually ten. It's actually ten. <laughs> That's the way you handle those things. That's right. It's very, very smart. No, you're wrong. Actually, it was ten. Yeah. You're in a rock band. Who cares? We're just People like it. We make a lot of money, and people have fun. Leave okay. me alone. Okay, we were talking about uh, surge pricing. We were talking about Uber and Lyft. And you were going to make a point. So here's another thing about it. You know, it was launched as ride sharing. In other words, the concept was is that the driver would pick somebody up and then pick up a couple more people, and it would be more environmentally friendly and blah, blah, blah. And what they've learned is people don't like other people, especially strangers, so they're not going to go for it. It's called the pool pricing. It's like I don't want somebody else's stinky feet in my Uber. Right. so what they're realizing, and this is what happened in New York where they limited the number of Uber and Lyft drivers in Manhattan, is that 50% of the time people are driving around with nobody in the car. They're just trying yeah. to get in the right yep. spot. So yep. it's actually creating more congestion and more. It, it's creating the problem that ostensibly they were trying to solve back in the early days of it. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where it all lands. I don't think Uber can afford the big investment in autonomous vehicles. Like, yeah. you got to leave that to Google, which is Waymo, and and now the, the big boys and girls are getting into it, like Ford and General Motors. Right, and, right. So we'll see where it goes. Are they going to just be forced out of business? You know, see, that's back to the stock thing. The thing about Uber that's cool is they're kind of the Kleenex of the brand. Yeah, yeah, it's become absolutely. a you yeah. know a verb. I'll Uber over. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that has a lot of value. So um, I don't think it'll ever go away. I, I think it'll look really different in four or five years than it does now. I just I just don't know how. And if I did know how, I probably wouldn't be sitting here. I'd be on a beach, not in the Bahamas, a different beach. Not in the Bahamas, especially Freeport. Oh, man. I. I, I don't understand their name either. Why is there? Why is your name large? That makes no yeah. sense. I don't, Uber. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't make sense. Uber just means very big, doesn't it? No, yeah, or supreme means, or yeah. premium or. Because a lot of I guess yeah, but Above it is kind of or yeah. yeah, better. Yeah, Uber. She's Uber sensitive, though. That would mean she's better sensitive. Yeah, you don't want to say that to her. S E K. <laughs> or I found any, out yesterday any but her. Big, big Latin on her doesn't work because her name would be S-E-K Yeah, no, that work. it's mm. not very flattering Well, he, he gave me a name, Miss oh, Podcassie Yeah Podcassie, that's right Some people mm-hmm. call him that we, uh, The studio line is open, 612-295-1526 uh, Another interesting news item today And we'll see how this plays out tonight Although is it, uh, card news doesn't get covered quite as much as other stuff uh, Mary Barra, who is the CEO of General Motors, she worked her way up from, I think she started in HR. She became the chief executive officer really? a few years ago. Yeah, she's That's like a 25-year cool. GM employee. Wonderful. Car gal inside and out. She's meeting with Trump to talk about a few things, um, one of which is, you know, during the trade war posturing, I think it was a week ago, Trump's – he. He didn't really order uh, American businesses to get out of China, but he kind of did. Mm-hmm. And I think that she is going there to explain to them why that would be a really bad idea. Yeah. No. So, I understand. Well, do you? I do. I have stuff here. I have brought I have papers. Stuff. I'm oh, prepared. Way, Joe from Louisville asked me to ask you, uh, tell Doug to email that same three pages to my plant manager, please. Oh, okay, that's right. I've got to do that. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, sir. So um, it's building cars for these big companies, and it's Volkswagen, it's Toyota, it's General Motors, Ford to a lesser extent, uh, is, a, is a global operation. It's not just U.S. business. In fact, the Chinese market is now bigger than the U.S. market, and General Motors has a huge share of it. Um, last year uh, in the United States, General Motors sold a little under 3 million cars. That's cars and light-duty trucks and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. Mm-hmm. They sold almost 4 million in China. So for Trump to say, yeah, we got to get all the American companies out of China, that's the end of General Motors if, if, if they do that. And there was some... You know, they if he did say that, and I think he's probably just posturing. I really hope Why that he is. Why does he have to do that? I, well, you know, I don't get it. In defense of the Donald, and I can't believe the I'm Donald. saying this, the it, Donald. it can be a legitimate uh, negotiating technique. Is just to be I wild suppose. and crazy. I just hope that he knows what he's doing. 
Yeah, I, I, I would share that. It's basically the CEO of one of the largest corporations in the world is flying to the White House to say, you know, this is not, a, if you're really, really thinking of doing yeah, this, yeah. this is not a good idea. Um, it That's would it. cause a catastrophe yeah. unlike anything we've seen um, since the Great Depression. This would be worse than the recession. If General Motors goes out of business, and actually oh, any, of the, any of the large manufacturers, and this is why... If you remember back in the re, uh, recession that when Chrysler and GM flew to Washington to meet with Congress because they knew they were going to need a bailout, Ford went along too. Ford had plenty of money. Do you know why they were there? Why? To make sure that those two didn't go under. Because if, oh, one, of the, yeah, one, yeah. Of, if one of the big ones goes under, what a lot of people don't realize is um, the parts that go into automobiles are mostly, for the most part, made by third-party vendors. Okay. So if you if they lose a big customer, they go out of business. There's no parts for everybody else. Nobody can God. build cars, and the economy, the car business is roughly twenty percent of the U.S. economy. If that goes down or any big deal like that, we're just screwed. So. Uh, here's to you, Mary. Hopefully you can, <laughs> you can just have a nice, quiet meeting with our president and everything will be cool. But uh, it's the other thing that she's there to talk to him about is this whole fuel, fuel standards thing. And we've talked about this before on the show about how California is negotiating with some of the big manufacturers for new fuel standards. And the Trump administration is trying to just completely roll them back. So we'll see where this all goes. But it is it is serious. It bears watching. Things aren't going to explode overnight. Um, I, you know, like I say, I, I just hope he knows what he's doing. And there, are, he's. He, I think the president's correct in that China has taken advantage of the U.S. in a lot of areas for a long time. A lot of it's intellectual property. Right. I mean, they just rip us off terribly. Oh yeah. It's not so much about a trade imbalance. Do, That's yeah. kind of insignificant, quite honestly. I yeah, I agree. But when they're taking all of our technology and you know. It, you know, media and music and, you know, just out-and-out out piracy. That's Google's fault, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I hadn't thought about that. I don't know. I think Google shares some blame there just to make as much money as they possibly can. They're right? awfully good at it. Yeah. And, well, I mean, look at, look at uh, Purdue Pharma. They yeah. knew they were murdering people for money, and they did it anyway. You know, I read an article like, about them, oh, and they're actually God. one of the smaller players in this whole thing. Oh, I know. But they're gonna, they're going to get hung out to dry. I mean, they're going to lose the company. But they're going to walk away billionaires anyway. Yeah, they'll. they'll and they yeah. knew they were murdering people. Uh, it's just unbelievable that that we live like that now. And that the things that I'm concerned about is you know all, the, and again a lot of it's coming from China is all this fentanyl that's coming into the oh, U.S. I know. And it's just killing thousands yep. and thousands of people. I know a young young woman had died from it. I, you know, it's it's that close to me. Uh, it's really unfortunate, but uh, I don't know. I, I just, have we always been like this, or did we just become totally immune to the pain of killing somebody or ruining their lives? Here, here's the question I always ask myself when, when I think that things are terrible. When in your life was the good old days? Yeah, yeah. when was it? You're right. No, for always most of us, wrong probably not you, because your childhood wrong. was not spectacular, but for most of us, it was when we were kids. But yeah. if you look at when what was going on in the world when we were little kids, chances are it kind of sucked them too. Oh God, yes, it, it absolutely. But I will tell you what, uh, and this is very true. Yes, that the, the home life wasn't the greatest, but I still thought I had a great childhood. Yeah, because I don't know any. You, you didn't have two; you only had one. Yeah, only right? had one, yeah. so you don't know any better. You go, hey, this is great. And your mom was great, and you had brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. and you looked out for each other. So, yeah, a lot of kids would well, sign up for that for in a heartbeat. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. All right, take all the credit. Here I'm we go. I'm not taking any Heard credit. I'm before. just telling you. Oh, God. Okay, Catherine. Andy's starting to smile. <laughs> yeah, okay. All of you, shut it. Melissa's well, cracking up. I'm good. Okay. I'll just wait here. You guys bring everything to me. You are funny. I like it. What? Your, your bantering is hilarious. Oh, nice try. That's true. Don't give Doug credit. I have something for you to <laughs> You're read. You're half of the reason. <laughs> I have a fun story, and I'll let you read it, although it's a little bit blurry. Right. So Nissan has, uh, it's a precursor for autonomous vehicle. It's called ProPilot Technology. Uh, and the new wave is out in Japan. It's coming to the U.S. And this is kind of a cute story that Nissan did. Uh, with ProPilot technology. Tom's looking grab for his glasses. I, I apologize for it being a little blurry. No, that's not a problem at all. Uh, Bilba. 
Oh, there's not a whole lot of light over here. Mm. Don't mess with my deodorant. <laughs> wow. You don't hear that on the radio often. Assy K gave oh. me some deodorant, which might, I'd taken rather personal. <laughs> but, you know. If your uh, putting is worse than your driving, either kind, Nissan just has the salute has just the uh, solution. Nissan last week showed off the second generation of its Pro Pilot Driver Assist system by building similar technology into a golf ball. A video shows a four-year-old putting the ball, which uh, autonomously navigates across the green into the hole on the first stroke every time. Huh. <laughs> Where do you get these? Things? I know. I was just going to say. Where do you get them, baby? Ooh. Uh, the ball is the latest gimmick to uh, created to promote Nissan intelligent um, mobility technologies mm-hmm. following autonomous uh, chairs and self-parking slip self-parking autonomous slippers. Chairs? It says autonomous chairs. That's what it says. Hmm. The chairs that Seems sit on their Seems a little redundant. Own, they just kind of sit there, don't yeah, they? Yeah, really. I don't really get it, but uh, just a cleverly uh, edited video. Nissan invited people to try the ball for themselves at its uh, global headquarters in Japan last week. The automaker said an overhead camera identifies the location of the ball and hole and calculates the correct uh, route based on the ball's movement after it's hit. That's unbelievable. This is Isn't true. That, it's true. This is true. Hmm. Gotta get these balls done. I know. <laughs> so there's a motor in the ball. So the camera, you know, you hit it and the, the camera sees it and the motor just steers <laughs> yeah. in the an electric motor inside the ball keeps it on the right path until it drops into the cup to create a stress-free golf experience. Oh my Isn't that God. Awesome? phenomenal? I so those. what I find phenomenal is somebody actually two things. Somebody actually thought of making this. Yes. Yep. And somebody at Nissan signed off like that's a great use of time. Let's make autonomous golf balls. But you know what? Look at look at the attention it got them just from just in this room. Yeah. So that kind of thing, the Japanese are very good at that kind of thing. Yeah. They really are. Don't you think, Andy? Mm-hmm. It's all true. What was the movie with Dudley Moore and uh, Daryl Hannah where he was a he was a, a ma- ad man who had gone into a mental institution because he was all stressed out? Did yeah, you ever see that? Um, and they start, they, he starts an ad agency in the loony right, bin, and one right. of them was um, – Sony, because Caucasians' hands are just too big. And there's a picture of the assembly line at Sony with all these really diminutive Japanese no, women. That's fun. It was really funny. That's funny. The, the whole, it is. The, well, it was Dudley Moore. I don't think he made much that wasn't funny. He died very young, too, come to think of it. Yeah, what did he die from? What did he die remember. of? Do you know Dudley Moore being too tiny? I thought he had a, like a stroke or I think something. He might have had a stroke. That might Let me be look right. it up. Yeah, it might be right. It, it just, but his. Oh God! Uh, he he had a lot of stuff going on. Or oh, did he? Mm-hmm. Uh, blog, yeah, blog? He, he had calcium deposits in his brain. Ooh, what he had that? a quad? He went to quadruple bypass Ooh. and then had four strokes. He died. They said he died from pneumonia. He had progressive <laughs> supranuclear palsy, which oh is a Parkinson syndrome. Oh, uh, oh, that's right. He couldn't play the piano at the end of his life, and he was a really great <clears throat> piano player. Pneumonia, yeah. So how old was he when he died? Let's see. 14. 66. He was only 66. Good God. Yeah, he had a... See, what you guys don't realize as we get older, you know, if we're on in another 10 years, we're going to be going, God, he's only 74. That's so young. My grandparents, they think 80-year-olds are like youngsters because they're in their 90s. 96 and 90s. Like, I don't have anything in common with them. They're too young. That's one of my favorite movies is Mm. Arthur. Oh, that's fabulous. Oh, and why did they ever remake it with that idiot Russell Brand? I can't oh, stand Russell Brand. The worst, the worst, the worst. He is as bad. Well, he's gone now. You don't ever see him anymore. I he mouthed off a little too much. John, yeah, you're John right. Keelgood was great. I'll alert the media. I'll alert the media. Normally, you'd have to go to a bowling alley to find someone of your he caliber. Was, he was so great in <laughs> that. that. butler. <laughs> and I just love it. What was his name again? Oh, what was the butler's shoot. name in that again? John Gilgood played. Oh, God, now I'm drunk. Arthur? Yeah, Arthur. What the hell was his name again? Let's see. I can't remember. We'll look it up and we'll come right back after yes, this we'll short break. We'll look it up right break. back with that info right after this car selling season. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble free, energy efficient furnace from Sabre. 
And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. It's Tom telling you that you can lose an average of 26.2 pounds on the 40-day weight loss program powered by Nutramost. I lost 92.5 pounds in less than five months, thanks to the Sheehy Brothers and the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program powered by Nutramost. And I encourage you to let them help you lose weight as they teach you how to stay healthy and keep that weight off. Take it from me. Having a coach keeps you accountable and it makes achieving your goals so much easier. Let the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program powered by Nutramost help you. Schedule your immediate consultation or attend the Nutramost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, August 19th at Jake's in Plymouth. Call now, 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Study data comes from client-submitted data to a third party for tracking of daily weight loss and progress through the Nutramost weight loss programs. See website for full disclaimer details. For the devil. A little sympathy for the devil on the family podcast. Car selling secrets on a Thursday. We've Life determined that the butler's name was Hobson. Hobson. Hobson, I bought you a cowboy hat. Put it on. I don't wish to put it on. Gotta alert the media. Gotta alert the media. Oh, God, he had the best lines in that movie. I, I, who in Hollywood comes and says, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take Russell Brand and remake Arthur. What a stupid idea that was. My dad gave me some great advice years ago when I was starting my automotive career. He goes, mm-hmm. don't ever follow a star. No, so, God, no, it's true. You know. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right. Following a big shot, into it's never a good idea. He was right about that. Yeah. Oh, that movie that I was talking about over the break it was like Father Like Son. It was kind of yeah, oh, like oh, a okay. Freaky yeah. Friday thing where yep. he swapped bodies with his kid. And, yeah, I love I, I thought he was so great. All right, talk and text line is open, 612-295-1526. I have a little more automotive news. Well, it's car selling secrets, so that's good. So those of you that have ever seen Bullet, Bullet. which made Steve McQueen famous and really started the whole car chase thing because the last 30 minutes of the show is is a car chase. His the Mustang that was in the movie is a 68 Mustang and kind of like beat to crap. I've Mm -hmm. seen pictures of it. Mm Is going up for auction in January at Meekum, which is one of the two big auction houses for classic cars, Meekum and Barrett Jackson. Uh, the, uh, they think that they, the car will do about $4 million. The $4 guy that million. bought it uh, bought it out of a wanted ad out of the back of Road and Track in 1974 for $3,500. Oh, it's God. been in the family ever since, never oh, been driven. Oh, God. It'll be the, should be the most expensive Mustang ever sold. So. I would imagine. What's, what is it now? I don't. You know, it's good. That's a good question. I don't know. How much can you get for a 2013? Well, <laughs> close to four million. Yes, close to four million, Tom. But that, you know what? A great investment, and to hang on to it for that long. Well, God. speaking of speaking of Mustangs, actually, next Tuesday at um, let's see, the Best Buy in Hopkins, they're going to have the Mustang from John Wick. And oh, you can go are? take oh, a really? picture with okay. it. I yeah, love those movies. Yeah, well, that was a, wow, that's that kind of cool. That was a '68, wasn't it, or '69 Mustang? Probably. That was a fast. I don't. I, the, yeah. I, the only John Wick movie I saw was the one that Tom dragged me to a few months ago. You oh, love so we were laughing one? our ass off. Yeah. So it's, it's, so it's the only ridiculous. one I saw. Yeah, it really is over the top. I love that. It's so completely insane. We were sitting insane. in the movie theater, chuckling, and during the matinee. Yeah, we're yes. It says wick. right here, fans will have the opportunity to take a photo with the Mustang, escape an army of assassins with John Wick motorcycle green screen. Oh, so you get to be on a motorcycle on a green screen. So that's at Best Buy and Hopkins. When? Yes. Uh, next uh, Tuesday, September 10th, from 3 to 7 p.m. at Best Buy. Wow, that's awesome. Where, Where's Best Buy and Hopkins? Uh, off of Ridgedale Drive. So it's it sounds oh, like it's, it's right Ridgedale. Ridgedale. It's right by Ridgedale. Yeah, it's right yeah. by Ridgedale. So I know where that is. It seems like it should be Minnetonka. Minnetonka it's right it's behind uh, Lunds and Byerly's, right? Mm, I believe, yes. And Target. Target, yeah. Target, yeah. Yep, absolutely. I'd be in so much trouble if I, if I got into that Mustang and got behind the driver's seat. I'd 
be so tempted to hotwire that car and take <laughs> off. steal it. Oh, God, I love it. might not actually have fast, a motor in it. it. Probably not. Who knows? Yeah, well, that's the, the Eleanor car, right? Yeah, from uh, Gone in 60 Gone. Seconds. Yeah, I love that movie, what too. What Eleanor car? I don't know. I don't know this well, one. it's a fastback Mustang that was in the two Gone in 60 Seconds, and the guy who's like the head car thief is in love with the Nicholas car. And he names Cage. It, he names it Eleanor. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's called the Eleanor Mustang. Well, he's always had bad luck with Eleanor, and right. he was afraid to drive her for a long time. But the then car he... or Eleanor the woman? The car. <laughs> I'm just asking. Well, it is Nick Cage. It's a valid question. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No, that was a great movie, too. Yeah. I just love muscle cars. I've, I've, I'm a muscle head. Well, let's comes... scrape up $4 million and we'll buy the bullet. Yes. It's never going to go down in value, you wouldn't think. I wouldn't think I just so. watched a documentary on the curse of the little bastard. Nice. Why'd you look at Andy when you said that? I didn't look at Andy. Oh, I saw Doug. That. Oh, you were looking at Doug calling him a little bastard. Yeah. Not that little. Yeah, I remember that. Curse of, <laughs> nobody knows who Little Bastard is. That was the car that James Dean died in. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's they right. named it Little Bastard. And actually, yeah, I'm trying to think. There was an actor that like a week prior had a premonition saying you're going to die in that car and a week later I think that was uh, what's his name Sal Minio yeah I think it It was was Sal Minio it was Sal Minio yep um, and he ended up stabbed to death in an alley. Yeah, well, that didn't go too well. But it seemed like whoever Not was Not a great in... time to be a gay man in America. No, that's exactly right. <laughs> well, it's like whoever was around this car had bad luck, either died or got severely injured yeah. or whatever. So, yeah. So All speaking of, of Porsches, that was a, uh, was a speedster. Uh, Porsche is building, I think, 200 modern-day speedsters, and we just found out that we're going to get one down in Wichita. Really? It will be not as much as the bullet, but it will be a lot of money. (laughs) So everybody in the room and all of our listeners want to kick in, like, Twenty grand each. We might be able to afford it. So mm. basically, now one of the Coke brothers is dead. They won't be buying That's it right. in Kansas. That's uh, right. Those cars sell internationally. You never yeah, know. Yeah, they do. Somebody will fly in and buy it. What is the most expensive car ever sold? I have no idea what I don't that know. would be. Probably some Rolls Royce. Everyone looks at Andy. Or, <laughs> or like a Ferrari. I would say probably a like a Ferrari. It, it, you know, if you're talking about brand new cars, I don't. I think uh, the new, new Bugattis are like three or four yeah, million. Like but three, four million. Yeah. The collectible stuff and it's weird stuff that you've never heard of. Ralph uh, Lauren's a big car collector, and he had something called a Atlantis. It was a car made in the 30s, and I think that thing sold for like 15 million dollars. Mobile. It's a yeah, it's a car you've never heard of before. I want the Flintstone car. The Flintstone car. The Tucker. I did have a question year, from a, a 63 GTO sold for 70 million. 70 a million. GTO? See, that's not a that's a uh, that's a Ferrari. Yes. Oh, okay. That's like, a wait. GTO uh, California. Oh, okay. I was like a Pontiac yeah, no, it's GTO. Not, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking for Firebird. That's a nice car, though. It is. I love the GTO. Seventy million dollars. Yeah, it's the People highest paid, price paid ever for a car. I, wow. I know seventy million. You could do so much with that money, I but you know. spend it on a car, you're just going to look at. Well, you're a billionaire, I guess. You don't mm. care. So I had a question from a listener, and I told them that I'd talk about what it. What the hell's the wrong with you? Was that um, the question? <laughs> no, we, we were talking about hybrids, and they're like, you know, I'd want to get one of those. But the batteries are so expensive. So I thought, you know, I know that they used to be expensive, but let's do a little research and see what they really are. So I found out a few interesting things. And this is Toyota because they're sort of the Kleenex of hybrids, although I think you could extrapolate it to any of them. When they designed these, the idea is that it would last as long as the car did. And it's rare to have a battery failure. When they did go bad, I know 10 years ago, they were about seven grand. They're quite a bit less now at a, at a factory deal. They're less than half of that. There's aftermarket companies that have lifetime warranties on batteries for uh, Toyotas, and I'm not advocating you do this because we'd rather have you come to the dealership, but they're 1500 bucks, and they'll come to your house and put it in. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of cabs out there that have been driving for you know three, 400,000 miles that are hybrids. Mm-hmm. Ford Escapes are a big one in California. Right, if you right. go to San Francisco, you see them all over the place. Priuses as well. So, you know, while it's something to think about, if it's really something you'd have to pay for, if you keep a car three or 400,000 miles, it's kind of a non-starter. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm trying to push the hybrid agenda, but 
you know, this technology is going to just keep getting better and better, and we'll see more and more of these cars. So Now, the hybrid car, though, you don't have to plug in to charge or anything, or is it as it's running it's on a really gas, good question. it's charging so, the battery? Yeah, uh, but they can do both. Okay. Um, um, like the Chevy Volt was a hybrid but you could plug that in as well, and your yep. Cadillac. And, Cadillac and too, you there's are. a version of the Prius that does the same thing. You don't have to do it, but you can charge up the battery, and it will go on battery for longer before the engine kicks Because that would be like a deterrent for me to buy like a full electric car. It is. is it's like, called range, range anxiety, and it's something yeah. people are really worried about. And, and like, okay, what's the closest place where I can charge yeah. my car, and how long is it going to take to charge my car? But if you were to get a hybrid, you right. have that. As long as you get gas in it, you're, gonna, you're fine. Okay. So, yeah, a Prius gets 50-some miles per gallon. They typically get better uh, fuel mileage in town than they do on the highway, but it's usually really close. Mm -hmm. There's a new Hyundai out called the Iconic that gets, I think, 61 in the city, and it's a little under 20 grand, or you can lease one for under $300 a month. It's a a great buy that nobody knows about. Oh, okay. Is it hideous? No, actually, they look pretty good. What what is it called? The Ionic. I-O-N-I-Q, I think it is. Hyundai? Hyundai. Hyundai. Hyundai, like Sunday. I can never. I always want to say Honda, but I know there's. It's Hyundai is how it's spelled. (laughs) Hyundai. But but they pronounce it like Sunday. So Hyundai, Hyundai. Ionic. Okay. And Ionic is a Fitbit watch, actually. (laughs) Which is a very (laughs) odd name. Which brings me to our next segment. I just looked up bad car names. Now go through those slowly and we'll discuss them. And, you know, it's, it's a very. There's tons of research that goes into car names, and they still come up with some like these. My favorite one is the first one. The Ford Suckwad. You're right. That's a terrible name. It's not the Suckwad. No, it's not. I'm sorry. The Ford. You're right, though. This is a terrible name. The Ford Probe. So when Ellie, my daughter, was getting yeah. her driver's license, they said, you know, we're going to have to find your car. And she's like, her, her brothers all drive Honda, old Honda Accord. She goes, as long as it isn't a Honda Accord, Dad, I'll be fine. I said, El, how about a Ford Probe? And she goes, that's not a real thing, is it? <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. I don't know why they came up. What was the next one, Tom? The next one is the Ferrari LaFerrari. Wow. I know. That's a million-dollar hybrid Ridiculous. sports car. And it's called the Ferrari, the Ferrari. The Ferrari, yeah. the Ferrari. Yeah, well, how about the Maserati Quattro Port? So what does that mean? four doors. Four, four holes. Right. Quattro Porte, it means it's four doors. Yep. So oh, it's, four door. it's like calling a car the Chevrolet four-door. <laughs> the Chevrolet four-door. This is Maserati. Fancy, like the suicide doors no, on this? It's, it's just a, normal it's sedan. It's a beautiful car. They're, I think they're 80 I, or 90 grand. I know why you don't like the next one. I know exactly why. Okay. Because it wouldn't sell at Mexico. Yeah, that's right. The Chevy Nova. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they sell in Mexico? What does Nova mean in Spanish? No go. Oh, no okay. Go. I get it. The Chevy <laughs> that doesn't go. Yeah, that's the one I want. Sign me up for one of those. car, though. <laughs> yeah, they were okay, yeah, they some were, of yeah. them. Yeah, they were. Yeah. I had never even heard of the Subaru Brat. So that was a weird. It was a Subaru. Uh, it might be it was a Subaru Legacy, but the back was carved out. It was like a Subaru El Camino, and they oh, had yeah, plastic yeah. seats bolted to the back that faced oh, my, backwards. Oh god! And they oh, called gosh. it a brat. Hmm. <laughs> I don't get it. Could be brat though. Yeah. Smell like brat. Fancy. Word. It's brat. Uh, VW thing. You remember those? Oh God! Yeah, ugliest car ever made. It's like, it's, thing. Why? I mean, how stoned <laughs> was the ad agency? We've got. A, I know you Germans don't understand the American people, but <laughs> the thing is the name, man. <laughs> the thing. Okay. Well, well was did, this like in the, the Germans are like, okay, they did win the war. I guess we better listen to them. Was this in like the late eighties, early nineties? Seventies. Uh, I think oh, seventy-four 70s, yeah. through oh. eighty. Because so. I would. That would be a very Gen X thing to name your car. Yeah. But the thing. Yeah, are just absolutely terrible. Well, I will tell you this: uh, in my neighborhood, so I don't know where this guy was from. I think he was looking. He was looking to buy drugs. Is why I think he was there. Mm-hmm. He was. Uh, he drove onto uh, you know Plymouth Avenue, was cruising up and down. Got into an accident. Didn't want to get out of the car, so he just floored it and left. 
Problem is, he was driving a VW thing, <laughs> so he really is too hard to find. Right? <laughs> Could you describe him? Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. a white guy driving a thing on Plymouth Avenue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A white guy driving a thing. Uh, Hyundai Equus. Hey, you did the it Hyundai right. Hyundai Equus, which is, I think, was the problem with the name is nobody knew how to pronounce it. And well, nobody how, knew what well, it meant. It just means horse. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? Who doesn't know how to pronounce Equus? Well, it's I one can't. Of the great nobody in the room time. now. No. I, okay, sorry. I shouldn't have put it on the list. Stop blowing up. Year. What's next? Uh, the VW. Stop blowing up. The VW Tiguan. Yeah, that's a new small crossover SUV. It's the, the car guys call it the Toe Jam. That's the nickname <laughs> for it. We have well, we have slang for bad cars, and they're terrible vehicles. Yep. I would Tiguan totally drive right. that. Oh, that it looks oh, like moron. a Hot Wheel. <laughs> it does. That's nice. Or yeah, or um, not a micro hot machine. Micro Machine, or what was not? It's not Hot Wheel, it's um, Matchbox. These are not real. Oh, that's yeah. what it, it looks like okay. a Matchbox. So we're car. getting to the final list. These are, if you, Japanese car manufacturers in their native market have the weirdest name for cars. I think that's typical of Japan anyway. So here's some from the J- Japanese market. And yes, those are real cars. I'm going to go two quick ones. The Hummer, I agree. Yeah. Worst car ever made anyway. Right. And a horribly hideous and a terrible name. Wow. And then the Studebaker dictator. Yeah. <laughs> and that was in the 50s. We just defeated. <laughs> yeah. no, Stalin was in power. We just defeated. Stalin, Mussolini, yeah. Hitler. The dictator. Many, so many... let's call the car a Mao. dictator. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you ready? In Japan, you can buy a Honda Vats. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very Japanese thing to name that. a car. Though. Just a Vats? What is that? What does it mean? Just it means that they think that putting English on things makes it cooler. Well, it's like you know, you see people with like Chinese tattoos that they don't even know where, what it means. Yeah. It means bre- beef and broccoli. Yeah, they do the same <laughs> thing in Japan, <laughs> just with English text. Is it that spelt with like a ph or something? No, no, it's that. it's that's with, with an apostrophe, by the way. That, they put the apostrophe in they the did, name. Yeah. Oh they my did, god. Yeah. Okay, how about the Subaru Touring Bruce? The touring Bruce is that like a, a huge Subaru? Are no, they kinda, okay. no, no. Uh, Asian vehicles are very small. The oh, okay. touring, yeah. Bruce. touring Bruce. It Don't ask me. A, I didn't name it. It must have a meaning. Hey, honey, would you go out and get my car? Here are the keys. It's uh, well, what, which one is it? It's the Daihatsu Naked Summary. <laughs> what? what summary? <laughs> the Naked Summary. I wonder if it. It was supposed to be like... Oh, the last one's by far the worst. Samurai, because I know they had the Suzuki No, that was a Naked Summary. Summary? That doesn't even make sense. What? Naked doesn't even make sense. No, it doesn't. Okay, this is the worst name ever, ever. (laughs) For anything. The Suzuki Every Joy Pop Turbo. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Totally drive that. that Joy Pop Turbo. That wraps up episode of 24 of Walzer Automotive Group's car up. selling secrets. Everybody, Google all these great names. Yep. We'll see you next week. Thanks Sounds for listening. Great. Thanks.